Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities. Featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home. Bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive through dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. While we're in the middle of this booming real estate market of South Florida, you may be looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one. You can make sure that you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and close for the low price of $295. Reach out to our good friend Seltzer Mayberg. Give them a call at 305-444-1565 and mention 5 Reason Sports in order to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So go ahead and purchase or refinance that house knowing that you'll have an attorney reviewing and handling your closing for $295 when you mention 5 Reason Sports. You can also visit their website at onecalllegal.com where they'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs, whether it's a divorce or a car accident or slip and fall. Everything is in-house and they're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for. That is 305-444-1565 Seltzer Maidberg. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T. EVR.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. 
And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. We have the whole band back together, okay? It was just one week absence. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official beer of Five Reasons Sports Network. And, of course, by Simon's draft guide, he'll tell you about it right now. Uh, buy it. It's really cheap and really good. Thank you. Goodbye. $4.12. I'll give you those links on the 3YPC account. We also have Chris Kaufman. Strong read back. there. Yes. Thanks, brother. Yeah. I'll, I'll provide all the links. You could look for it and just follow the links. Chris. Yeah. Speak into a microphone. You have a different sound. I told the, I told our listeners that you were moving into essentially new studios and yep. you, have, you have like a very cavernous and ample sound now. Yeah. Well, what I did is I moved into a cave. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, that's what happens when you, when you gotta, you know, move out and move, move somewhere else and you just got to find somewhere to squat. And, uh, that's what I did. I'm lucky. I've got Wi-Fi in here, though. So. Sound like um, you sound like Tom Hanks in Castaway when he's uh, <laughs> trying to take his tooth out with an ice skate. Yeah, except I, I don't even have I don't even have a, a volleyball friend like oh, here. Man. Like I, yeah, I gotta go and get yourself I, go Dick's Sporting Goods. Get yourself a Wilson. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good idea. And of course, no, we're I'm, also. I'm, 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 this is this is this is ridiculous. This is um yeah. I gotta I gotta hang some tapestries or something in this this castle. Egg cartons or uh, some styrofoam. Like you know, <laughs> go to a local Best Buy and tell me, hey, give me all the styrofoam you have and put that on the walls. <laughs> or eat a lot of McDonald's and put those boxes, the Big Mac boxes, on the wall. That should work too. I'll and just of like course, when you finish towel. eating all those all those Big Macs, you know, you'd be dead because you need about two or three million of them to cover all those walls. Yeah, I think I'd be, I think I'd be dead. I think I'll just like take a really big towel and wrap it around me and the microphone and like, you know, do like do the whole show. Like I'm that guy that told everybody to leave Brittany alone. Like he's under his, uh, his, he's under his blankets. Yeah. And of course we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code five RSN for 20% off. We're going to talk running backs. And if you listen to some of our, our listeners on, especially on Twitter, like running backs don't matter, you know, take one in the 19th round if you can, or don't take one at all, or Miles Gaskin is good enough. But I, I guess doing the podcast with you guys, we've changed ideas, or we had different ideas last year for sure. I guess we'll start there. Uh, and then we'll get into each tier of running back and day one, day two, and day three, and the best in class and what you would do with 18. But let's start here. Which class was better, last year's or this year's, Simon? Um, I think last year's was better at the top end because you probably had five guys, whereas maybe you've got three here that you probably throw. You know, some people would throw Michael Carter and maybe even Kenny Gainwell into the mix. But I, I think that you kind of got the, the top tier three guys, whereas last year, I think you had the top tier five guys, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I think probably last year at the top end was better. Maybe this year there's some there's some sort of nice depth in the middle and towards the back. I, you know, it's all players we like. So, but, you, you know, you can get running backs anywhere. You, you know, that's some, it, this is not news. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I think um, the three guys at the top are pretty outstanding and... Um, We'll see where we go from there. Chris, did we blow it by not taking a running back last year? 
Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I, you're first off. You're lucky. I can I can remember last year's running. I can barely <laughs> remember last week. Um, so yeah, it's like I'm trying to think. You're you're like, what's was last year's better or this year? I'm like, could you just start naming some names because I have no idea who was in last. Light Edward Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I'm DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, I'm starting to get it. Uh, yeah, I, I think last year's class was definitely better because, I mean, if you look at that top that top end group between uh, Clyde, uh, you know, Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, and then you throw in AJ Dillon, I, I included, I always included him in that um, that group along with Cam Akers. Um, you know, that's a strong top end, really. Uh, you know. It was, it was thick up there and this class, you know, I, I find it, <laughs> I find it difficult to accept anybody except uh, Najee Harris or Javante Williams, to be honest. Um, and, and so this class, I even Travis Etienne, I like him. I like him, you know, well enough. I'll, I'll take him. but um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's really, I'm just like, it's those, it's those top two are bust pretty much to, for me. Cause I, <laughs> I fucking hate everybody else. Um, or almost. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, uh almost everybody else anyway but you know it's it's it's, <laughs> it's just wasting my time once you get past those uh those top guys here and there's not too many of them yeah uh we talked about this earlier in the whatsapp to whatsapp uh chat and i guess i could repeat it here uh chris like you want to you know get it over with right get a top three get one of these guys with 18 or 36 and be done with it like you don't want to play joe draft later on do you yeah, and, and frankly, I I do wonder where Najee Harris and um and Javante are going to go. Javante Williams are going to go because uh, Simon, you mentioned this earlier that Daniel Jeremiah is, is hearing from a bunch of teams that that no running back is going to go in the first round, um, which would surprise me. But uh, but you know who knows. Um, yeah, for if if I'm not getting one of those guys at 18 or 36, if they if they fall that far, then I'm just like, throw your hands up. I don't, you know, what do I care anymore? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good attitude to have. And I guess we'll start here. We'll start with best best in class. And I don't think that you know anybody's going to dazzle anybody here. I think we all agree it's uh, Najee Harris. Simon, as a prospect, Najee Harris, compared to what was on the board last year. Now, we've been talking for weeks now, and we've all but slotted him at 18, like you're going to have to use a high pick to get him. What does he compare with what they passed up on last year? Would he have been at the top of last year's class? Or is this just a bad running back class and he's best? Stop throwing to last year's draft. Like I can't remember what happened last year. Um, we passed on that, every single one of them. As well. thank you, we did. Thank but you. we did. But you know, Rome can't be built. In and they're all good. And they're all good. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, shit happens. You can't. I'm lucky. I remember my name at this yeah. point. Um, I genuinely can't remember all the running backs that went in the draft last year. I'm just looking at it now. Um, where would he fit? Um, let me have a look. Uh, who are we talking about here? We are talking about Crikey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, he's very different to uh, different to Swift. I mean, he's more like Jonathan Taylor, really, than anybody else in terms of size, in terms of physicality. Um, he, he's a big guy. I mean, he reminds me for, for for people who 
you know, like comparisons to me, he's a sort of Matt Forte, Stephen Jackson. I see a bit of Arian Foster in there. Um, you know, he's got great feet in, in small areas. Um, he's big, he's physical. I think he's deceptively fast and elusive. Um, he's got outstanding hat. I mean, he only ever dropped three catches and two of them came in his penultimate game at Alabama. He's good in pass protection. He's still got some a bit of work to do in pass protection, but I, I just think he's just a really, really good player, a really good human being off the field. And what I like about him is that, you know, he was the number two player out of high school overall. But and he sort of plateaued a little bit early on at Alabama and he sort of, you know, bided his time and just got better year after year after year. You can see natural improvement, which I really like. Um yeah, I mean to me he's the he's the best he's the best all round back in the draft and but it's going to be interesting to see what happens to him. You know, will he go early? Will, you know, Miami slash Arizona slash Pittsburgh slash, you know, Buffalo look, you know, Buffalo looked to be a team that would take a running back at the back end of the first round. Um, but, you know, who knows who they like? You know, some teams are going to rate ATN higher. Some teams are going to have Javonta Williams higher. Some teams are going to have Najee higher, you know, and you have to look at some of the downsides, the offense, how much of that success is down to the, the passing game and that big, nasty offensive line. When you look at, you know, Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills and Landon Dickerson and and, and and Brown at left guard and Evan Neal, who's going to be probably a very high first-round pick next year, um, who's playing guard uh, and then tackle. You know, there's a there's quality players on that on that offense. So that's probably his biggest, um, you know, the biggest downside on him. But that's a question that won't be answered until he's a pro. Um, so we'll have to see. But I think he's a I think he's a really good player. Yeah, before I go to Chris here, no concerns with this. It's the, it's like the common knock on him, especially on Twitter. Like, you know, is he fast? You know, maybe he's slow since he's refusing to run. Well, he's had an ankle injury. Evidence so he's not that running. he ran sub 4-5. Let me just say that. He ran sub 4-5 in 2019 in spring ball. I but think that's he's just... 4-52, 4-50. He plays faster than he runs anyway. Yeah. You, know, you, never, you never see him get caught from behind. Um. You know, so I don't, I, I don't really care about his speed. You know, if you want a speed guy, then draft Travis Etienne. Yeah, you know, that's the, you know, he's got an elite first step. He's a fast finisher. You know, he's an outside zone. You know, burner. That's that's the guy if if that's what you want. And there's very little difference between the two of them, really. I mean, you know, both got great hands. Etienne's dynamic pass catcher, great route runner, elite contact balance. You know, he's a big play waiting to happen. So, um. You know, there's just a size thing. I didn't like the fact he looked doughy at his pro day. Um, that turned me off a little bit. But he's the classic one cut and go kind of Alvin Kamara type. Um, yeah, but Harris runs a four five. I mean, I, I don't really care. You know, he's it's it's not like he's running against mugs in the SEC. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like I said, mm-hmm. I've never seen him get caught from behind. So uh, he's a hell of a player. Chris Najee Harris yeah. best in class, or is it or is it kind of close with any of the other guys? Well, it's not too, it's not that far away from uh, Javante Williams because I think that he, sh- he shows some special qualities on the field. But um, all around, you have to say that he's the best in the class because he puts it all together. He puts everything together um, when you're talking about physical prowess. You say, like, you wonder if he's fast. I mean, I've seen that guy hit – I've seen the guy sustain 22 miles an hour on a treadmill uh, in training. So, um, yeah, he's fast. Mm-hmm. Uh and and he's he's been a physical he's been a physical dynamo for a very long time. He is you know big body, very strong. Um, 
you know, I, I think that I think you have to go back really to it, it, he's better than any of the running backs in last year's class. It was a good top end, but there wasn't a, a prospect as good as Najee Harris, in my opinion. Um, you have to really go back to probably guys like uh, Saquon Barkley and Leonard Fournette and, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott. I think I used I was a big enough fan of Derrick Henry to include him in this group. Um you know, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, uh, guys like that, that's the sort of quality running back prospect that he is to me. Um, and I just, I think his physical prowess supports it. I think his off field, um, you know, his character, personality, intelligence supports it. I think that his, uh, his blocking support, his receiving game certainly supports. He's one of the strongest receiving uh, backs that I've seen in years uh because he can he can really run routes and uh and treat the ball in the air like a like a wide receiver does um and as simon said he doesn't really drop the ball uh and and he's just he's such a strong playmaker and there are some highlight reels you know the things that he's capable of doing are just just jaw-dropping at times yeah and um, and I think that I, I do wonder about people overthinking him, and they have been for a while. I kind of thought that people were doing that with Saquon Barkley early on last, um, not last year, but back in 20, uh, 2018, if you recall. I, I think kind of early in the draft season, there were a lot of there were a lot of smartest guy in the room types that were uh, really uh, um, second guessing Saquon Barkley and um, and and you know, thinking, thinking too hard about it and, and trying to say, oh, he's not really got great running back instincts and, and stuff like that. And then, uh, then we all started to get our cues from the NFL and the fact that, yeah, he's, he's like clearly a top five prospect. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then all of a sudden everybody shut up and, uh, and, and admitted, admitted it. But I, I, I kind of got that feel about Najee Harris throughout this draft process. I, I'm curious to see where the NFL comes out on him. Um, ultimately, you know, especially if DJ, uh, you know, is right. Daniel Jeremiah is right that nobody's going in the first round. Not even if, if nobody goes in the first round, I think that's kind of the NFL saying that we don't like running backs anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, you could see that in free agency. You could see that in the money that they're willing to spend on guys. You can see it last year when the, the top running back went number 32 overall the year before that, the top running back went number 24 overall. Um, you know, I think that uh, maybe maybe we're seeing something like that happen uh, in the NFL. Uh, and if if he doesn't go very high, then that'll be it, in my opinion. But um, but he's he's up there, man. He's he's a really quality prospect. Yeah. And that's a trend that's obviously, you know, it's 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 as strong as as it's ever been in season. Kenyon Drake was having a productive year, I guess you could say. He asked for $40 million for four years from Arizona. He had to leave Arizona and go to the Raiders to share time and get $11 million for two years. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about what GMs think of the running back position nowadays. But I guess we'll go back to this. Simon, who are your day one guys? Personally, I, I got two guys. I got Najee Harris. I got Travis Etienne. I think Travis Etienne, had he come out last year, there was plenty of people who thought, he was probably the best in class last year. He comes back this year. I guess it was kind of a wasted year for Travis Etienne. He didn't win the national title, didn't win a Heisman. I guess he thought he had a shot at the Heisman. But where do you stand on Travis Etienne, and do you add any more guys to your day one slate? 
I don't think coming back to play for a team that went to the national championship and playing an extra year with Trevor Lawrence is a wasted year. Um, I, I think there's three day one value guys, whether they go in day one remains to be seen, but it's, you know, Harris, Etienne and, and, and Williams. Um, you know, Williams has got this great sort of combination of vision, power and quickness and led the nation in 10 plus yard runs and broken tackles. I mean, he had, he had a monster year. Um, and I think that combination of him and Michael Carter was one, you know, one of the best one-two punches I've seen in a long time. But for me, that's the that's the big three. Um, whether or not they all go on day one remains to be seen. But for me, that's where the value is in terms of their abilities. Um, and and really, you can't you can't split the three of them. Um, there's something for everybody there. They're all slightly different. They're all classy kids off the field. They're all you know. They're all just good players. They can all catch the ball. I mean, Etienne is a is a very very good route runner. What I like about him is that you know, much like with Harris, Etienne really worked on his issues. You know, his hands and his route running. His route running was pretty average. You know, he's not just a dump off or a screen guy. He runs wheel routes, go balls, angle routes. You know, mm. um, the pass protection thing is the one thing that lets him down. I think you know he shows the kind of the effort and the toughness and the willingness, but. He gets bullied at times by linebackers. I mean, Chas Surratt in 2019 absolutely took him apart, whereas Williams is a very, very good pass protector. You know, he drops his hips, he looks for work. Um, so, yeah, but look, you can't split the three of them. And, and Team A is going to prefer ETN over Williams over Harris. Team B is going to prefer Harris over Williams over ETN. And, and Team C is going to prefer whichever order I didn't say out of the other three of them. But that's the value for me. Would you use 18 on any of the three? Or none of the three, um, or just one of the three. It would depend who was on the board. All three on the board. Uh, no, sorry, it would depend who else was on the board. Oh, okay. You know, if Amika Parsons was there, if Quitty Pay mm-hmm. was there, okay. Um, you know, I'd have to have some long, hard thoughts about it. All right. So you're not in that. You're not in that uh, post-it note. Najee Harris or bust at 18 camp. No, no. I mean, great player, but no. Just the value on running backs historically. Just you know, if you can get if you can get a pass rusher or you can get a you know a Mika Parsons who falls. To me, it's very hard. It's, well, look, I'm not going to uh, look. If we take Harris over the, those other two guys, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset. But you know, I, for me, I think one of them will be there when we come to pick in the second round. All right, Chris, uh, your day one guys and and. Talk to us a little bit about what you think about Travis Etienne because, like I said, it, had he come out last year, a lot of people were putting him number one. This year, he had some issues with ball security. He changed his tuck, which is odd for a running back. He changed it like three times during the season. And uh, Dabble Sweeney famously talked about it, that he changed it finally to uh, what I think he called it the high nipple tuck, and everybody got you know a kick out of that. But it's essentially when you just hold the ball really high. It's what um, Tiki Barber started doing after he started fumbling a lot. I don't know if you remember what'd that. You, what'd you What'd you just call him? The high nipple tuck. No, no, I no Barber. Tiki Barber. I thought you said Tiki. No, it's Tiki. Tiki. Yeah, isn't tiki. it Tiki? It's Tiki, tiki. Barber. It's tiki, but it sounded oh. like you were saying Tiki, like Tiki Tack. You're in a cave or surrounded by mountains somewhere in <laughs> Afghanistan right now, Chris. So I don't think you're hearing correctly. Tiki. I'm in Kabul. <laughs> so your thoughts on ATN? Like it seems like it, a year passed and everybody forgot he was around. 
they're going to remember again because I think he'll be the second running back taken unless somebody really surprises us in two weeks' time. But your thoughts on him and who are your day one guys? Well, I think Javante Williams could be taken ahead of him um, mm-hmm. easily. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call that a surprise. Uh, I think that this is probably one of those classic moments where, or situations where you get um, a player that was rated heading into the year and then, you know, uh, he falls because of what happened in that year. And then you kind of look back and at his career and you say, well, you should have just looked at what he was heading into the year. There are some people that, that really uh, don't even like to look at the way the ratings change in that final year um, because they think that we fool ourselves more often than not. Um, you know, so I think that could be one of those situations, honestly, with him. He's a good player. And you look at him, watch him play, he reminds you of Aaron Jones, the top free agent mm-hmm. um, of the running uh, of the running back class that we Miami was rumored to be onto. Um, you know, he's fast. His, his play speed is, is tremendous. Uh, and, and I think that it's, you know, you're going to be happy with his home run threat ability. And he shows that play speed shows up on his routes and what he can do um, in the passing game. I don't think he's constitutionally built to block. I think it's more than just, uh, than just you know, guys that, um, you know, running backs come out of college not knowing what the hell they're doing blocking all the time. Uh, yeah. and, then they're, and then they get in the NFL and they're taught and, and suddenly, you know, the guy who couldn't block, couldn't, couldn't block his way out of a paper bag becomes Frank Gore. Um, you know, it's it, that happens, but I don't think that's going to happen with him. I don't think that's going to happen with Travis Etienne. I don't think he's constitutionally built for it. I think Javante Williams is. I think Najee Harris is. I think some other guys that we can talk about a little bit later on are. Um, Travis Etienne is not. That's the drawback. Uh, and and so I, if I'm looking at the running back, that's why I have both of the other guys ahead of him, really. Hmm. Um, is I'm looking at the other guys. They can all do things in the passing game. Or the other two, anyway. Both of them, Javante Williams, things in the passing game. Both of them can break tackles, uh, make big runs happen. Um, you know, be very powerful. Uh, I don't think that Travis Etienne can really necessarily be powerful, but he does break tackles. Hmm. Um, the difference is that you know those guys are also bigger, stouter, and stronger, and I think that they can they can hold up in that um, and as pass protectors. So you know, day one, all three of them probably as far as value is concerned. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Travis Etienne is is still there at thirty six though. Any concern that he's already gone to that Tiki Barber school of like, oh my God, I'm fumbling my my career away, so I got to change to this weird tucking style? No, I don't know. But this whole conversation about um, <laughs> about tuck, tucking and nipples is just making me uncomfortable. All right. Well, Pinky Barber had a pretty good career and then stopped fumbling when he did that, by the way. So, you know, it's, it's I guess if Travis Etienne is going to get a head start on it, that's a good thing. All right, moving on to day two. Simon, we already talked about Javante Williams. I would have him at the top of my day, too. Although, you know, if the more you look at him, you could see how somebody like a Buffalo, maybe, maybe even a Steelers could just say, you know what, let's fix our issue right here at running back. But day two, Michael Carter, 
he's a he's his teammate, Javante Williams' teammate at North Carolina. I see him more of a zone runner. I'll give you the rest of my day two guys that I kind of like. I like Ramondre Stevenson. Reminds me a lot of uh, Joe Mixon. That's the Oklahoma running back. And Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. I don't know. He seems he's kind of complete to me. Like I watch him and he runs good routes, catches the ball cleanly. You know, he has a he gives you strong Kenyon Drake vibes. Although at his pro day, he ran four five. Your comments on my guys, and do you have any other guys on day two, Simon? Um, I like Carter a lot. Uh, he reminds me of Ahmad Bradshaw. Uh, I think he's tough. He's got great feet. He's got great hands. He is a high-energy team leader, um, and he also played in the biggest games. You look at the game against Clemson in 2019, Miami in 2020, when he had more than 300 yards rushing. He returns kicks. I think he's way more than just a third down back. Um at the next level. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is an interesting guy. He reminds me of LeGarrette Blunt. Um, good feet, good vision, good hands, good yak ability. Some off-field issues, though. Um, the weight as well concerns me a little bit. I mean, he played at 249 last season and was down to 227 at the Senior Bowl. Um, I think he's much more nimble than people give him credit for. He's got good feet, like I said. Um, but the weight, you know, how, why is he... How, where has the weight gone? Why has it happened? Has he been asked to lose that weight? You know, why was it 246 if he's now 227? Mm. Um, you know, he struggled with uh, academics in school. He had some off-field issues. He was suspended for six games for the for failed drugs test. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had a, he, he broke his foot in high school. He didn't play football for two years. He had to sleep in a teammate's garage for, for two years. I mean, it, you know, there's a lot going on there. Kylan Hill, I really like. Um, to me, he is a starting running back. He reminds me of Thomas Jones a little bit. Again, great mm-hmm. feet, good hands, toughness, vision. I think he's got sort of really good vision in that sort of zone concepts. He's patient. He sets up his blocks. Um, and also, he just doesn't cough the ball up. He hasn't lost a fumble since his sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. 448 touches without coughing the ball up. Um, but then he also has some off-field issues, was arrested, charged with reckless driving in 2017, suspended for a game in 2020. Um, so, yeah, they're the guys. They're your guys. I would throw Jamal Jefferson in there of Oregon State. Uh, to me, he's an under-the-radar kind of West Coast feature back. He's got a lot of home run ability. Um, and in the right scheme, I think he he could be a starter. Um, and I think he probably doesn't get as much love because he plays for Oregon State and therefore people on the East Coast don't see him nearly as much. Um, I really like him. He's 5'10", he's 217 pounds. Never see him get caught from behind. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's an interesting player. I'd also throw probably, I mean, Trey Sermon will probably get going on that second day, um, mm. mainly based on the monster end that he had to 2020. Obviously the shoulder issue is a bit of a concern. And then Kenneth Gainwell is an interesting guy because this is a kind of Kareem Hunt sort of home run hitter, opted out of 2020, um, had 1,500 yards in 2019, five plays of 60-plus yards. I mean, he's got limited experience, but um, he is a he is Mr. Chunk yardage in terms of getting down the field. He's got great hands as a receiver, like properly great hands. Um, really good um, route runner as well. Um, but look, he's played one season and hasn't played at all since 2019, so that would be um, that would be an issue. Um, Dimitri Felton, you, you, where is he going to play? Is he a receiver? Is he a is he a running back? How do, how are teams going to view him? 
And then I've got a couple of guys sort of bought, you know, guys I would probably take on day two, Brendan Knox, Marshall, Rakeem Boyd of Arkansas, but they're probably almost certainly going to fall into day three. But yeah. Um, yeah, Jefferson and Jefferson is an interesting kid. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Chris, your day two guys and any comments on any of the guys that we've talked about? I almost think that there have to be like a, a, a hole for me between those top guys. There's such, Okay, Michael Carter, I think, deserves to legitimately be uh, in his own tier below the tier of the top three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and, uh, and Travis Etienne. And, and then I think, like, Michael Carter is by himself, you know, just below those guys. I think he's, he's legitimately that good of a player. He's electric. He's, um, he's well-rounded, you know, in a field with Javante Williams, he basically did more, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, if, if you really look at it. And, and I think that uh, Miami had him in the senior bowl and I think he, he did really well there. Um, And I, I'd really watch out for him. Uh, then after that, it's like, I don't think I want anybody on day two, to be honest. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'd take any of these guys. I'm, you know, Kenneth Gainwell does interest, interest me as a pass catcher, but runner, um, you know, is he, is he going to, is he going to um, make a lot of headway at that, that size and that strength? Uh, I think that he is legitimately very good. Um, as a pass catcher, but you know, you got to be more than that. Ramondre Stevenson. Yes, he is. Um, he's, he's big, big, but Simon brought up like a lot of the issues there, uh, as far as off field and questions about, um, about his weight, but also, I mean, he's just not that fast. Uh, he's, you know, ultimately not that great. He's a very smooth route runner and that's what, what impressed mm-hmm. and, and pass catcher. He also um, turns and on what, and he also turns on and off his physicality because he runs differently yeah. during yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen we've seen guys um, fail here that that did that. Um, so I, I like him, but he's that doesn't scream day two to me. Um, mm. Trey Sermon, I think people have always liked him a lot more probably than I have. Um, you know, Kylan Hill, I do like I do like him a lot. Uh, you brought up a guy earlier, Alf Elijah Mitchell, that um, yeah. that you know I could think about because he almost seems like the uh the travis Etienne uh, consolation prize yes um and and so i think that you know you could look at him and and sort of if you start getting the the end of the third round um you know maybe uh and he ran in the four threes i mean he's he's an he's an athlete he i mean he's he's very good um but really just ultimately if we're talking about day two Michael Carter, and that's probably it. Um, and, you know, unless I unless I really get antsy in the the late three late three area, and I want to get somebody like Elijah Mitchell or uh, or Chuba Hubbard or Kylan, maybe Kylan Hill, but probably not. Um, you know, so that's it. All right, and now let's wrap up running backs by talking a little day three. And when I say a little, I do mean a little because I really didn't like a lot. I like Elijah Mitchell. That's what I got. I got Trey Sermon on there as well. But the more you watch Trey Sermon, like he really played well in the playoff. He played well down the stretch. But he too many off-schedule runs for me. And sometimes, you know, that's not going to work in the NFL. You keep bouncing stuff outside because you can outrun guys in college. That doesn't, that's just not going to work at the next level. Elijah Mitchell is complete to me. And 
he has very good hands, catches it well over the shoulder as well. Cause there's, there's film of him running nine routes. There's film of him running wheel routes, you know? And when I say a nine route, they line them up at wide receiver. They run them down there and they just throw him the ball. Like he's a real athlete and highly productive played four years, 46 touchdowns. That's probably a knock. Cause uh, a lot of guys that have full college careers are necessary, not necessarily uh, guys that you would want at the next level. Cause the, clock is already ticking on their bodies but your thoughts simon on elijah mitchell we already talked about trey sermon but your thoughts on elijah mitchell and any day three guys that would interest you um, mitchell's fine yeah, I, I was never like blown away when i watched his tape he's a you know he's probably one of the top two or three pass catching backs in the draft the injuries would concern me i mean he's had multiple list frank foot injuries mm-hmm. um I mean, he's had at least two separate surgeries. He had he missed time as a senior with injury. He missed the season opener with COVID. Obviously, not his fault. But you know, I think he's uh, a bit of a liability in pass protection. But I do like him as a receiver. I mean, a couple of guys I like. I, I mentioned him earlier on. Raheem Boyd of of Arkansas. For people that watched Last Chance, you he he played um, uh, JUCO ball and, and was the, one of the stars of Last Chance. You he has some serious juice. Inside and outside. I mean, uh, Arkansas, he has in two years, he has touchdown runs of 59, 51, 69, 74, 76, and 86 yards. Mm-hmm. He's got great hands. Um, you know, he's had some injury concerns. There are some off field issues. I mean, he ran for 6,500 yards in high school, went to Texas AM, had some issues with his grades and schoolwork, and, and was kicked off. He's had some shoulder issues as well. Uh, he had a torn rotator cuff and a labrum issue. I mean, he's going to fall way down deep into day three, but he has got some, I mean, if you could ever put it together, he has got some serious talent. And there's a small school kid I like. I know Elijah Mitchell is a fairly small school kid. But uh, Josh Johnson of Louisiana Monroe is 5'9", he's 215 pounds. He has some tools that I think the league will like. He's thick, he's squatty. Uh, he can lower his pads. He can run through contact. Um, he is uh, aggressive and physical in pass protection. I like him a lot. I think he's an interesting kid, and I'd much prefer him to, to you know Puka Williams or or someone like that. And the final name is Chris Evans, a kid at Michigan who was kicked out of school for an academic issue. But he's got I mean he's five eleven, two nineteen. He's a really good route runner. He's got really good hands. He played really well at the Senior Bowl in terms of the practices. I think he's a fairly easy projection at the next level. I think he's a sort of solid third down, change of pace option with some with some good special teams value. So um, they'd be my kind of day three guys. Cool. Chris, your day three guys. And then I'll just throw out some names that listeners have been feeding us. But what do you have or... You just like, you know, you wouldn't even look because it seems like you're down on this running back class. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> really? You think? Um, <laughs> I think that day two, day two, I already, as I said, like there's only one back that I'm really interested in day two at all. That's Michael Carter. And day three, um, you forget that the running back position exists. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that. It's just that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick my spots there. I mean, you know, I think Chuba Hubbard is, is worth drafting. I think, I think Kylan Hill is worth drafting. 
Um, I think uh, <laughs> y'all are haters. Y'all were talking about Khalil Herbert on WhatsApp earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that he's, I think he's a lot better than that. I think uh, than, than what you're talking about. I, I think he's a good player. I think he squares up. He's got this, uh, this square shoulders um, quality to him uh and and you know real nice pad level and uh i like the way he runs i like how he sees it early uh he sees it very early um and i think that he's got very early yeah oh he's phenomenal he's phenomenal he's 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 got speed i mean he sees for for a guy that sees it early that play that um has good vision um, has good squareness to him, uh, and and then he's also got that four four speed to be a you know good kick returner. Um, yeah, I think and and this is kind of the icing on the cake, which makes him actually you know draftable. You're going to go for him, and that's uh, that's the blocks. I mean, he's you know he's he's a nice blocker um, if if you really look at it. So I you know Khalil Herbert, I, I think you already mentioned Elijah Mitchell. Um, Probably if it weren't for the, as Simon told us in the WhatsApp group, he's had three Liz Frank in, uh, surgeries or injuries. I mean, yeah, that's, that's like, good. what? <laughs> you know, um, if it weren't for that, if it weren't for that, you'd, you'd probably be, you know, thinking about him solid day two, um, you know, because of all that, I wouldn't. And, you know, even I th- mentioned maybe at the end of day two, but not, probably not. Um so I, w- I would think about Kylan Hill, uh, drafting Kylan Hill, drafting Elijah Mitchell, drafting Chuba Hubbard, drafting Khalil Herbert. Um, Ramondra Stevenson, you know, I've, I've liked him in the past, but you know, just overall looking at the story, this is, this is sort of more like an undrafted free agent story to me um, uh, on what you get. And Javian Hawkins, uh, I don't know if you would draft him, mm-hmm. but – you, you don't want to talk about home run hitters. Um, you know, Chris that Sims. Guy, that guy. Hey, Chris Sims, who's now evidently the greatest draft guru in the history of the draft, has a number two on his list, which I think yeah, is I mean, all kinds of crazy. That, that is all kinds of crazy. But um, it, still, he's he's a home run hitter. He, he's a legit 4 4 He does speedster. that. Um, you know, he is what he is. Uh, at least, at least he is what he is. Some of these guys are not what they're trying to be. Um, he's so... got 21 career catches and can't block, but, but Chris Sims is going to put him second overall. Yeah. <laughs> he also, he also weighed, I know he also weighed an official 183 pounds at his. Yeah. He's, he's, so, yeah that's he's not good. 183. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that the, the 21 catches are probably a little unfair. Um, I think that in, in, in a different offense, he would have, uh, he would have been able to do more. I think he does have a lot to give the, uh, the passing game um, untapped potential there. Uh, no. Is, is he number two running back in this class? That's ridiculous. Um, is, is he a day three guy? Uh, would I flip, you know, Miami last year cared so little about their day three picks at the end that they didn't, they take a long snapper in the fifth round or something. Yeah. Like and that? that guy will be here for the next 20 years. <laughs> sure. But, but still, I mean, that's, that's, isn't that just like the best way that you can say, I don't give a shit about anything yes. beyond the fourth round. Absolutely. Um, you know, on that, on that level, yeah, you could look at guys like Javi and Hawkins and say, um, you know, okay, yeah, I'll, fl- I'll flip, flip, a, flip a pick here. Uh, we'll see and see what happens. Or Jared Patterson, you know, he's, he's only like five, six and a half or something like that. But, uh, but I mean, he, he, he did really well. He was a, he was a good player at um, Buffalo. Um, but if we're getting to what Miami will look at, you know, 
they had Michael Carter and Khalil Herbert in the senior bowl. And you could tell from how they used Khalil Herbert too, in both practice and in the game, I think they liked him. Um, and I think they liked Michael Carter too. So, and they had Ramondre Stevenson uh, as well, but I'm not, you know, well, I don't know whether they liked him or not. I couldn't get a sense of that, but um, yeah, I think that those, those guys are people are players to watch because of that. All right. On the way out, Simon, does it happen? Do they use a high pick? And let's just say 18 or 36. Do you, or, you know, let's use 50 as well. Do they use a high pick on a running back? Is this the year it happens or do they continue to ignore it? I think more likely second round than first. Okay. All right. Chris, Eric Studsville gets his way. I think Eric Studsville gets his way. I, I think that I don't I, see it. It's throwing me for a loop that Daniel Jeremiah says that the NFL teams actually are not going to draft anybody in the first round. I, I know I shouldn't listen, and I we fall for it every year, but um, that's still throwing me off. Um, could it be the round two pick? I, I tend to think that's too low. I think that there could either be a trade up or a trade down, a trade down from 18 or up from 36. Um, you know, 18 feels like it might be a little early to them uh, for it. Uh, it Whereas 36, that you're probably, I don't think, I don't know that you're getting who you want. But I, I do think Eric, I strongly believe Eric Studsville is getting his way here. They're not going to, you know, circle back a year from now and say, and try and figure out who, who exactly was backing Jordan Howard. Um, I don't think that that's going to, that's going to happen. They're going to give Eric Studsville his guy. He got the promotion for a reason. Yeah, and I tend to agree. Last year, Eric Studsville liked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, he liked J.K. Dobbins. He liked Jonathan Taylor. I think they look at it in hindsight and say, man, that guy was right. Maybe we should have taken one of those guys, and maybe we don't have to take one in this year's draft. I think, yeah, they appease him, and they get one of these guys. They'll get his choice, I would say. I think if he has one picked out, I think they'll they'll slot themselves in a way to take him. And – I don't know. I think they would want that fifth year. So maybe they a trade down from 18, getting another asset. So, so Flores could get his edge rusher or whatever, and then take the running back there with the, the trade down. So, yeah, I think that, I think this year it happens. Of course, having said all of that, they don't take a running back at all. And they, they bring back Le'Veon Bell or something like that. All right. That's it. <laughs> there is no more. The next time we talk to you, we'll be talking defensive backs, safeties, as our draft guide continues. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.